And we're live and we're back like Ric Flair is going to be in the ring in July. It's Below the Belt Wrestling Show. Hi. What's up? Send up. <laughs> Technology sucks. Per usual. We're the Below the Belt Wrestling Show. We talk about uh, the weekend going on in wrestling and then we usually cover whatever we feel is the most important wrestling show that week. Uh, I think this week's got a lot of news and notes, though. It's probably going to be news and notes heavy this week, I feel like. Uh, yeah. Not like – I don't really feel like Dynamite had too much, really. No, it's just a lot of buildup for the pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't think it was too much there. So, But we do got some uh, a lot of interesting stories, I feel like, to talk about. Uh, like, do you want to get the – obviously, the one that people are going fucking ape shit over? Um, the uh, – the uh, the Sasha and Naomi walking out. Damn, fellas, a bit late this week. Uh, yeah, but we also figure it's Saturday and or it's Sun. Wait, what day is it? It's Saturday. It's Saturday. Uh, and we we didn't want to run a post to uh, GCW, so yeah, we we, uh, didn't, we didn't want to pull away from those fucking massive numbers. Uh, it happens. Hey, Rhodes. Uh, hey, Josh. Hey, it's Rhodes. all good, Josh. Thanks here. We know it's a little bit later. Let's make wrestling great again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, damn, fellas. Yeah, it, well, we do what we can. And uh, Ryan wanted to go live at 1030, and I told him to go fuck off. Yeah, uh, 1030 last night, and then I ended up passing out. Wait, 1030 last night you wanted to do it? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't have done it last night. I, I, can't, I can't do Fridays. but Well, Friday nights I can't do. Uh, and if you waited till my thing was done, I was uh, fucking 13 beers deep, so I wouldn't have fucking made sense. Yeah. And obviously, we're not at Limp Bizkit tonight. Tickets were way too expensive. Where where are they at? Are they back at the pavilion? No, they're playing at the Hard Rock tonight. Oh, no. that's I'll wait till they come play down the street from my house again. Uh, For free? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, all right. Let's talk about Naomi, Naomi and Sasha walking out. That's the big story. Everyone, everyone's going kind of crazy on this story. And I'm, I, is it just me or am I like, are people way over exaggerate? Like they're acting as if like, like I, you know, oh my god, this is monumental. I'm like fucking Austin walked out. Like Hogan's refused shit before. Like all. What are you like? I don't. I don't know. People are just acting like this is like it's a monumental thing that has happened, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think it's. I don't even think it's the biggest news story of the week. But apparently, the rest of the internet does. What do you I think? mean, it was, it was definitely shocking that on Monday night, all of a sudden, you just hear Sasha and Naomi walk out backstage, and then news just kept breaking and breaking and breaking. Uh, it's definitely something that you don't normally hear about. What's up, Martin? What's up, uh, Martin? And apparently it was over-creative, obviously. Creative and cash, as JR always says. Uh, but that being said, <laughs> Naomi was going to go over. She, she was going to win the gauntlet match, supposedly. Yeah, supposedly the booking was going to be that Naomi was going to win, and eventually it was going to set them up so that Sasha and Naomi both wrestled um, uh, Becky and Ronda and at Hell in a Cell, and they would both do the J-O-B to the respective champions at Hell in a Cell, 
which Sasha took apparently from what I've understood, it was primarily Sasha who was pissed off. Sasha's walked out before, by the way. So like, I don't even know why people are like shocked by this. Um, but Sasha was the one I heard was really pissed off about it and doesn't like the way that they're tr- they're booking the women's tag division, which, I mean, she's not wrong. I mean, it has literally never mattered, ever. Um, maybe a little bit when, like, actual tag teams like the Kabuki Warriors and Iconics had it. But outside yeah. of, like, those two, did Sasha any of it fucking matter? What was that? Sasha and Bailey. I didn't even care about Sasha and Bailey winning them, really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so here's my thing. Uh, I think it's just dumb and lazy booking to have your raw champion versus one of the tag champions and have your SmackDown champion versus one of the tag champions, because then once they lose to the respective singles champions, they're going to go off, battle somebody and lose their fucking titles. And then they're going to mean diddly shit. I mean, it's bad booking either way. I'm not saying defending the booking, and I'm not, you know, I'm I'll commend Sasha and Naomi for standing up for themselves. But you know, like there's for some reason, like there's this like these two camps with wrestling. People are horrible, but like they just always. What's up, Henson? How you doing, man? But people always want to divide themselves into two camps, and now there's like this weird like. Oh, they're shitty, and I hope they get fired. Camp, and then there's this like, oh, they're the best standing up for the little guy, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I'm glad they stood up, and you know, you know, stood up to bad booking because maybe that will help them not do bad booking. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, maybe about- maybe doing it right before the show started, after you had already announced the main event, was probably not the way to do it. But whatever. Well, how about WWE just fucking dogging them right out the gate as soon as Raw started? Like uh, Jimmy Smith and Corey Graves, like were like being fed shit to say, calling them unprofessional and saying that uh, they walked out of tonight's main event. So now the main event's been changed, and then their social media jumped out on it too, which was very weird. So to me, I I was at first thinking, okay, this is just a work. And then once they posted that on their Instagram, I was like, oh, what the fuck? I don't. I mean, yeah, I mean. And they called it out for being, oh, this is a scripted program. They had eight hours to uh, rehearse their match or program. Well, they can fuck off for that. I, I I, I can't stand the fact that they just constantly have to remind you that this is all bullshit. Um, So that I don't like, but... I don't, it doesn't surprise me one bit that they're going to dog them, but they have to explain why the main event has been changed. Uh, and in this case, the truth is more interesting than any bullshit that they could have written. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, and then people are wondering, like, oh, what does this mean? Like, I see Lloyd in the chat saying that uh, rumor is Sasha's contract is up soon anyway. Those Naomi's. I don't think anything's going to happen. I think... Personally, I mean, who knows? I'm not a fucking expert, and I wasn't in the room, and I don't know how. This is Sasha's second time doing it, so. But Sasha's a pretty big star for them. Uh, Probably top five in the company. Yeah. Uh, Naomi's not necessarily a big star. Like, she's, you know, she's mid, but she's in good, you know, I've never heard of a bad thing about her behind the scenes. 
Um, and her husband works there and her brother-in-law works there. And, you know, her cousin, or, you know, now her cousin by marriage is the champion. I don't see anything really happen to Naomi and she's got a fan base. Yeah. The Usos are champ champs now. Yeah. The, so, the, I mean, the Usos are double. Like, I think Naomi's totally going to be fine, but Sasha's a pretty big fucking star. And I think Sasha just knows when she's being fed bullshit and has proven before that sometimes she just can't take no more of it. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe this will actually make the writers or Vince or whoever the fuck it is be like, hey, if we're going to have this fucking division, maybe we should try like making stars out of it, making good storylines out of it. I'm trying to think back at like stuff the women's division, the women's tag division is done that I can remember. I remember the Iconics, like the bits. I couldn't remember one single match they had. And the only match I can really think of in all reality was that um, match between the Kabuki Warriors and um, Charlotte and I think Becky, when they when Charlotte and Becky just beat the living shit out of them. <laughs> That's like the only match I can think of in the entire history of those tag titles. Well, I remember when the Iconics won them at WrestleMania. That's about it. Yeah, Lloyd is mentioning, yes, they've been suspended indefinitely publicly, and their merch has been removed from the site. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They could be fired. It for sure could happen. But I, like, I mean... I don't think they're going to let I I for sure don't think Naomi's getting fired. Uh but I Sasha's a pretty big star. I just And let's be honest, Vince has put up with worse shit than that. He put up with Austin walking out, he put up with Michaels his entire fucking career. Uh he put up with, you know, Brett, you know, being uh, protective of his booking. Like he's put up with way more shit than Now granted, he wasn't 79,000 years old at that point. Maybe he's not, maybe he doesn't have the fight in him anymore, but. And back then they weren't as popular as they are. Yeah. Except for when Austin did it. When Austin did it, he was top of the world. Yeah. And Austin just came out and said he regrets doing it that way. Yeah. He said he said he should have done business that night, but just, you know, gotten guy counted out or something. Changed the booking. Yeah, but when they said, hey, we want Brock to go over on you clean, he said, uh-uh, not so cold. Mm-hmm. And, and I apologize for everybody. I, I'm going to be muting my mic in and out. Uh, it's allergy season. It's spring. Spring is sprung, and so is my nostrils. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I mean, do we have any other thoughts on this? Everybody, like, again, everyone's making such a huge deal out of it. And I'm like, unless they fire Sasha, that's then to me, it's really not that big of a storyline. Not storyline. Um, It's not that big of an issue unless they fire her. But, you know, until they publicly do that, I, I don't, I do not see them firing Sasha and handing her on a platter to Tony Khan. Well, I know Naomi has taken down everything WWE related on her social media, so 
Well, I mean, they're obviously not in good standing with each other right now, but you got any other thoughts on it? No, I think it's good for them standing up to the man when they think that they, they were done wrong. Now, do I think you should just walk out? Uh, depending on how fed up you are. And I would be pretty fed up if I was them. You win the titles at Mania and then nothing for 60 days. And then all of a sudden they want to put you guys in separate programs against the champions. Just doesn't make any sense. Rhodes says, I think the women's division needs a hard reboot anyway. I mean, I don't... The women's single division has always been, I think, one of their shining... The shining examples, or not examples, shining areas of WWE. Like, usually, to me, that's where the good shit is consistently happening is in the women's singles division. And especially right now, with Charlotte being out, you know, there's time for people to come up. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know who else they're going to bring up from NXT besides Nikita. Um, Maybe yeah. Mandy? Who? Mandy? Well, she was already up. I mean, what? Mm. Uh, Saray, but I don't even know if she, if she, I don't hear anything about her at all. I don't even know if she fucking wrestles anymore. I don't, I don't know if she does. Like, uh, yeah, I, I would say, Nick, oh, Cora, they're probably going to bring Cora up. Really? They I think just, they just put I, her over big with Natty. Natty just like fucking like did the whole shaking hands and crying bullshit with her. Yeah, she's she's gonna be the next Liv Morgan. Well, they're hoping for the next page. Mm-hmm. Not the video. Uh <laughs> You gotta get Brad Maddox. Where's Brad Maddox? We're giving you a push. Now we need to ask some really hard hitting questions here. Are there any, you know, remember Bruce Pritchard when he used to talk about like, we got to be like, all right, is this your dick? Is this your dick? <laughs> it's okay if it is, but you need to tell me if this is your dick that I'm looking at on my phone. They got to be like, are there any videos out there of you getting DP'd? All right. Cause the last girl we pushed like you didn't end up so well. Yes. Um, all right, well, let's move on to uh, the next. I think that what I would say is more interesting for the biggest uh, storyline, uh, the one that I brought up, Ryan. Um, Starcast so, 5. Yeah, so we we asked, uh, I think last week, um, if, you know, who's going to promote Ric Flair's final match? Like, who's going to do it? Like, you know, would Tony be dumb enough to do it? WWE, we knew wasn't. We kind of thought maybe AAA or some shitty indie or maybe even GCW. They'd probably do it. No, uh, it's his son-in-law. It's going to happen at StarCast Returns the night after SummerSlam. Going to collect that payment, baby. At least as far as as, uh, I'm aware up to this point, none of the other participants have been announced uh, strong rumors that it, it will be a tag match. We know that, but uh, strong rumors on the internet indicating that it will be rock and roll with somebody versus FTR and somebody. We know it won't be um, Ricky the Dragon. He's already publicly said he ain't doing this shit. Ryan, what do you think about uh, about old Ric Flair officially announcing his match? but without any participants and the fact that he's doing it on his son-in-law's promotion. 
Well, uh, I don't know. We talked about this before we went on air. Uh, I gave my thoughts that Conrad is trying to collect on that uh, life insurance policy. Because <laughs> Ric Flair might legitimately die. Um, I think it's like July 29th or something in Nashville. Um, regardless of what he does in the ring, the excitement, that ticker's not good anymore. He's got a fucking pacemaker. Yeah, he, he's going to go down, folks. There's going to be too many cell phones in that crowd. Too much electricity. I think he'll be kept safe because it's going to be a tag match. He probably won't have to do much. But it's just like... Ugh. I'm worried like his health has been te- yes yeah the roads his health has been terrible for years uh, like I, I think like you know people say like oh Ric Flair wants to I think there might have been even a quote or something if he wants to die in the ring but like that's fine if he wants to do that but like maybe like think about if, if that happens Starcast is fucked forever It'll never come back ever. <laughs> like, yes. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I don't want. And then, by the way, I don't want to see it. And I'm also sure. Like, I'm not. I like. I like Ric Flair. I hated him as a kid, but I was supposed to. Um, I, I don't think that people who are Ric Flair fans really want to see this. I don't. I. I literally have not heard one person say they want to see this match. Have you? No. Uh, Brett is his favorite wrestler of all time is Ric Flair. Like he doesn't want to see this. Nobody wants to see this. Here's what I found out. Don't want to watch your favorite wrestlers when they're fucking old wrestling. You know why? Hey, I luckily didn't watch the last Shawn Michaels match and I heard it was a fucking shit show. Cause guess what? He's fucking old. <laughs> like, uh, what's up? And he was bald. And he was bald. It was very weird. And if it goes over well, he'll be like, I got another one in me. Oh, are you kidding? No shit he's going to do that. Oh, they loved me. I'll do it again. Yeah, I mean, Ric Flair. So I always go back to the old Scott Hall uh, ESPN special where he said, you, you don't know what it's like when you have thousands of people cheering for you every single night. And then all of a sudden that's gone and your life feels meaningless. So I get where Ric Flair is coming from. But you're you're old, dude. You're you're going to have grandkids. I get that. Well, he already has grandkids. Uh, Well, you're a grandfather. Don't do this to him. um, But yeah, like also, I don't know. Like he still has that life. I mean, granted, he doesn't work for WWE anymore, but, like, obviously Ric Flair shows up at a wrestling convention. The crowd's going to go fucking nuts. You know, like, he still has that life. It's just, I don't know. Rick hasn't had a match in 11 years. Um, I'm a huge fan of his last match. Should have been one. I'm a, hu- a huge fan. His last match should have been the one with Sean. Yeah, they'll, that's... I think my all-time favorite wrestling match. I love that match. That, that just because of the storyline there. He himself, I think, has even said that like he regretted doing the shit in TNA because then it kind of uh, sullied the you know the perfect retirement match that he he had. 
Well, now he's got not even going to be in TNA. He's going to be in a fucking indie. I think it's going to be in Nashville. But I mean, it's not like it's for a real promotion. It's for Starcast. It's for a po- his last match is going to be at a podcast convention. Like you went from Shawn Michaels, my favorite match I think of all time, to Mick retiring, at TNA. retiring at WrestleMania, to TNA, to a podcast convention. That's what we're doing here. Ram Jam, baby. Yeah, well, we know how that fucking movie ended. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of podcast conventions and not real companies yet, WES has announced their first show. If you don't know what WES is, it's Wrestling Entertainment Series. And it's owned by Razor and Akim, a.k.a. AOP. Which I I just want to point out that, like, how is it that Razor and, and, and Akim, or Akim, I don't know how you say his name, which AOP, and I liked AOP. They were good for what they were. Yeah, a little bit unsafe, but still good. They were fine. They, they got to get... They got to show these control your narrative buttholes what's going on because this fucking card is already like one of the biggest independent shows of the year. And, and the, control lead, your, the lead guy from Control Your Narratives in the main event. I get it, but they know how to actually book him against someone that'll get people talking. I can't tell you one fucking match Control Your Narrative is put on. I already looked at this card and I'm like, holy shit. Like, here's the card. Alistair Overeem. So, well, let's start at the, 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 the preliminaries. We've got Oni Lorcan versus Mike Bennett. Two former WWE guys. That's already a fucking good match. And that probably will be a really good match, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Fandango versus Le- Levis. I don't know who that is. Uh, that oh, is No Way Jose. Jose. Okay, so there you go. There's another WWE guy. Now, the actual show, Lince Dorado versus Mojo Rawley. That's a big one. Uh, the women's tag team titles will be determined. It's going to be Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood, Emma, versus Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green. All four of those people are stars. The tag, uh, and then the there's Killer Cross versus Samurai Del Sol, who's formerly uh, Kalisto, yeah. versus Jonah, which I believe is um, your boy. Reed. Yeah. Yeah. The tag team match is going to be Weston Blake versus Steve Macklin. No, it's Weston Blake, oh, Weston Blake and Steve Macklin versus the Legion of Pain, uh, AOP, uh, with Paul Ellering. So that's fucking great. Nia Jax's first match back versus Lana. God, I hope he put, she puts her through a table. Through God, a I hope table. she's got to put her through a fucking table. Oh, it'd be great. Coach is going to be on commentary, so she better. Yeah, coach is going to be on commentary. And then the main event for the world championship is uh, Braun Strowman versus Alistair Overeem, who Alistair famously hates pro wrestling, supposedly. So now you got all the wrestling fans on Braun's side. I'm like, I'm not saying that I'm going to watch this shit, but that's a fucking card right there. Yeah, I mean, this card, and I hate to put bad juju on it, Kind of sounds like that one show uh, from, like, I think it was, like, 2002 in Australia 
where like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair headlined a show there. Yeah. And, like Bret Hart came out and did like introductions, which was very weird. That's what this card sounds like to me, but hopefully it's more successful. Yeah. I mean, I think this show will, it's definitely going to get buzz. Like every single match has a former, you know, a named talent. There's not one ta- card on that match where I'm like, I don't know who that person is, you know? <laughs> like, um, Hey, more power to them. You know, the more good wrestling out there that there is, the better it is to be a wrestling fan. So hopefully they don't fuck it up. They got a really good chance to start off strong. I would say... <sighs> Just wonder if Alistair is going to... Alistair Overeem is going to play ball. <laughs> Alistair might be going over. Yeah, he might. You know. And I, I really think that triple threat match is probably to set up a number one contender. Look, Killer Cross. Yeah, Killer Almost. Cross would probably go over. Yeah. But I think that's cool. Uh, I think it's cool that AOP's doing it. I can't believe that they're – and it's going to be in London – or in England, I believe, as well. Is it? Uh, it's not going to be in America. Like 99. Yeah, Nottingham, England. Yeah. Um, And, you know, those English crowds are always fucking hot. I mean, I don't know. That might be depending on – technological level because you know it's hard to do a first show and really do it smoothly that might be a fun show to check out and like get some beers and fucking watch yeah june 4th so ah fuck i'm gonna be at a wedding ah well never mind that damn it but it's in england england seven hours ahead i'll still i'll still be in fucking iowa god damn it yeah would have been fun but it's all right uh, what else we got, Ryan? Uh, what else? Uh, so we talked about Coachman being the commentator for it. Yep. Uh, AEW featured by AVC for mental health awareness and pro wrestling. Breaking down the stigmata of being the macho guy. Saying, hey, it's okay if you're anxious, if you have anxiety, and it's okay. There's people out there that are just like you, and we're here for you. Who were your featured? Uh, Sting, Tony Khan, and Hangman Page. Okay. Sting, who cares? He's old. Nobody's gonna. It's not gonna make him look any worse. Tony Khan. Nobody respects him. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Adam Page is the world champion, but I'm fine with that. His character is kind of always, kind of dealt with that and he's clearly about to turn heel but uh well they call him the anxious cowboy do they really yeah i thought he was just the sad drunken cowboy but when he turns heel is he gonna start drinking again you think yes well watch him pour liquor on cm punk yeah um there you go hard seltzer sonic like sonic's in the game now baby the, like the restaurant Sonic? Yeah. Okay. This is classic lemonade. I got uh, cherry limeade in the back, too. Coming up. I've got uh, tap water. Nice. Yeah, it's real good. Full fluoride. Uh, good yeah. for your teeth. So if, you, if we could have done this tomorrow, I would have got hammered with you. But I uh, Saturdays are rough for me nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh just because of what I do on Friday nights now. Uh, 
All right. Uh, what else you got? Uh, so we had that. Oh, Tony Khan trademarks Blood Moon Rising. Sounds like it'll be a cool show name. Probably. Yeah, I mean, could be a show name. Could be a, something to do with a character. I don't know. Probably a show, but what's it going to be? Probably another super show. I doubt he's going to do a new pay-per-view. Yeah, it'll probably be like Dynamite Blood Moon Rising. Yeah, like a super show of some sort to, to boost the ratings. But yeah, sure. It's, a, it's not a bad name. I don't know what the fuck it'll what it'll be in relation to, but maybe it'll be an ROH thing. Who yeah, it could knows? be an ROH thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it could be ROH. Uh, God, I really, that's the one thing I want. Like, can you just tell us what the fuck you're doing with Ring of Honor? <laughs> like, yeah, well, I've heard they've already adopted a new logo. Yeah, it's, that like weird looking, like retro, weird looking thing. Yeah, it's been flowing around online. I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't seen anything official. And it was just like a mock-up. Uh, but yeah, Blood Moon Rising, I think that, that could definitely be an ROH uh, show or trademark. Sorry, over new. I'd be down for it. Whatever it is, I mean, it's obviously going to be something. But I uh, I would hope for something. I, that's, I really, really want to know what they're doing with Ring of Honor. Um, so maybe that's one step closer to us getting some fucking answers. Yes. Uh, talking about trademarks, WWE trademarks, Bloody Brutes. I am going to take a wild stab here. That is going to be the official tag team name of Butch and those other fucking morons. I was thinking the same thing until, remember, Grizzled Young Vets dropped their name. I didn't know they dropped their name. Yeah, they're being repackaged. So, so when they come up to the main roster, I could see them being bloody brutes. I could see that too. Yeah. Dude, they're repackaging everybody. Did you see that they re they changed Raquel Gonzalez's name to Raquel Goody? It's like something it's like something else. Like what the fuck did they change her name to? Let me look this up. And then they uh, changed fucking L.A. Knight's name. Yeah, which I'm like, his name was fucking awesome. I don't even know what they changed it to. I just it's just something really weird. It. Oh yeah, she's not Raquel Gonzalez anymore. She's magically Raquel Rodriguez now. Vince McMahon, dude, double R's. All he did was take one. I mean, Gonzalez is a pretty common Hispanic last name, and they're like, no, no, no. Use another common Hispanic last name. Like, what the fuck, bitch? We already know. She was the fucking champion down there. We know who she is. Ugh. Here's here's a men in black pen. Stare at it. But yeah, you know, Vince McMahon loves alliterative names. So does Bruce Pritchard. I get it. And if that if she first came in, that would be fine. But she and if she would or or was underutilized. She was like a major player in NXT for like two fucking years and whatever. Like, I'm no. surprised they haven't repackaged her as Triple R. <sighs> I mean, Rockin' Raquel Rodriguez. She's a fucking giant woman. She should be perfect for the main roster. Let's see how they fuck this up. <laughs> oh, well, we already know who they are. Yes, Max Dupree. Dupree. It's Dupree. fucking 
It's a fucking dumb name. I mean, I liked L.A. Knight. I thought it was a good name for him. Kind of flashy. L.A. Oh. Knight's a perfect WWE name, by the way. Like, it's super flashy and over the top. And they're like, no, no, no. Let's make it more generic and boring. Yeah, well, he can't do the finger point thing now because Britt Baker's doing it. So maybe that's why they wanted to change it. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, he was doing that before fucking Britt Baker was. So maybe her. Yeah, but she, but she got it over. I think he did too. <laughs> Not on a main stage, though. I mean, he did it enough that everybody in the wrestling world knew who Eli Drake was. Max Dupree. Dummy. Yeah, stupid name. Yeah. Uh, WWE oh, repackaged. Isn't he a fucking manager now? Is he? That's what I heard last is that, that LA Knight is a manager. I don't even know for who. And I'm like, why? He's got he's great on the mic. He's got great size. Like he looks like a wrestler. He's an adult man. And he can work. He's not like the best wrestler, but he's like a good like class. Like he's like a mid style wrestler, you know? Like yeah. you can he's perfect for the main roster. Put him in a just, manager. And they just fired Stokely Hathaway. Well, he kind of let his contract expire, but yes. Malcolm Maven, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm fine with that because he was never, ever, 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 ever on TV, so. All right, well, that's stupid, but all right, yeah. So I wish I had the dummy button right now. Dummy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Russell Quest. This is cool. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this. Yeah, so Jeff Jarrett is partnering up with a Moonsault Productions or Moonsault Gaming, something along those lines, where you can start off a career in Mexico, Japan, America, and transition into different styles of wrestling. It's a video game, by the way. You didn't you didn't yes. say that. Sorry. Russell Quest, the RPG game. Yes. It's a role-playing video game. It's gonna be an independent company, I believe. So it's gonna be Pretty cool. I mean, I, I let me phrase that. It's I think the idea is fucking genius. It's going to be like a role playing game, a almost like a fantasy. Sounds like a Final Fantasy type game. Probably going to be like eight bit or whatever. Super cool. I think it's a unique idea. Um, it's just, I don't know. I think it's going to be cool. I think the the more interesting part about this is that I don't know if you also heard this, Ryan. We didn't talk about this. WWE also announced that they're doing a role-playing game as well, which yep. I'm like, oh, a big-budget role-playing game with wrestling? Like, fucking sign me the fuck up. I am in. Watch it just be like, uh, do, you, do you remember Head Coach? I remember Head Coach. Yeah, so uh, Madden all of a sudden stopped doing, like, season mode and general manager mode, and they just EA Sports came out straight with Head Coach. For like one year, and it flopped so horribly. I don't know what it. Whatever. I, I I think it's cool that they're trying something different for for the the indie one and the WWE one. But uh, I'm I'm gonna fucking buy them both. I'll tell you that right now. They're both gonna be on my Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it'll probably be in just of like Fire Pro. It'll probably be those style of graphics. Yeah. Uh, it has like a knockoff Macho Man Randy Savage on the cover, though. 
Yes, uh, they're doing. It's going to be a lot of like bulk brogans and like not quite, not quite. Just on the side of where you can do it and not get sued. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite wrestling games of all time, if not my favorite of all time, was WCW versus the World. And they had, like, Onita on there, but Onita had a different name. Terry Funk was on there, but he had a different name. Hayabusa was on there, but he had a different name. So, I mean, I'm stoked for it. I think it'll be cool. It's something different, and I, I, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, so, AEW looks like they have... <laughs> Rhodes, Elden Ring with power bombs. I'm fucking in. Power bombs and super kicks? I'm in. Oh, man. Roll the dice. 15. Power move. I don't know. I, I'm hoping it's like a turn-based. I don't know what the fuck it's going to be, but I'm... Whatever. Let's get weird with this shit. <laughs> yes. Uh, apparently, AEW has re-signed two big names. Who? Jim, Jim Ross and John Moxley. Okay, yeah. I, I saw the Jim Ross. Uh, he signed a two-year extension, right? 18 months, so a little under two years, so a year and a half. Well, I know that he was recently questioned and said, you know, how long does he want to go? And I think he said if he does this for two more years, he'll be a, he'll have been calling wrestling for 40 years, and he said 40 has a pretty good, pretty good ring to it. Yeah. So good, good for JR. Uh, Moxley's contract's going to be coming up. Uh, and the rumor is that he's already re-signed. Makes sense. If he goes back to the E, he'll get pushed for like six months and then probably fade back to mid-card. Maybe get uh, put in over fucking Austin Theory or, sorry, Theory. Well, I mean, you say that, but he's sort of in the mid-card now, so. Yeah, but... The mid card there still means like you're on TV and your story is still, you know, progressive. Where in WWE, once you're in the mid card, it's like, oh, you're mid card and now you are curtain jerky. I mean, I don't know. I uh, I'll be honest. I think right now, like with this week of Dynamite, I mean, when we get to it. Like he's in the worst segment of the whole show, so I don't oh, know. Serena Deeb on the mic. No, I was fine with that. Yeah. Uh, Blosky says World Tour had one good thing about it: you could rip off the makeup or masks of wrestlers. Yeah, it was good stuff. It was a great game. Ah, uh, but yeah, you you got to think we're coming up on three years. That's where I got my top five from. All the people that signed with AEW originally, their contracts are coming up. Are they going to resign or be, uh, you know, just let go? Hey, I heard they make theory to fight against Cena to push him over with the U.S. title. I mean, I can see that SummerSlam. Cena comes back. I got no problem with it. I mean, Cena's a... Barely a part timer as it is, might as well put over somebody new. I'm fine with that. And aren't they in Vegas again this year, or where are they at for SummerSlam? Uh, they're wherever the fucking Starcast thing is. Nashville. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, Starcast always follows the big pay per views. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, what else you got, Ryan? 
Uh, Matt Hardy named his Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling. So, it's kind of fun. Go ahead and list it. Uh, Road Warriors, obviously, number one. You had the Dudleys at number two. Or no, sorry. Road Warriors one, Brain Busters two, Dudleys three, and then he said he was biased and he put the Hardys on there. It's an okay yeah. Mount Rushmore. Not bad. I mean, I mean I'm not going to like fucking go stick some dynamite in it and blow it up, but. I got no problem with it. I mean, yeah. those are all solid teams, and the Hardys do have their own. I mean, you can be biased or not, or they have an argument. I mean, they're my favorite tag team of all time, so I can't. I don't. I got nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, some may just lead to get that little spark going for them to be the topic of discussion. Yeah, sometimes people leave just yeah. to do that. Sometimes you roll the dice too. You know, you, ne- you never know what the fuck's gonna happen. So. Flavors, flavors of the month. Uh, all right, and then after Mr. Matthews' uh, list, what do we got? Uh, Anthony Bones is out with a knee injury. Yeah, so. he just fucking came back, and now he's he's injured again. Yeah, he he even went on his Twitter and said, "Story of my life: one step forward, two steps back." Well, don't be taking no steps on your fucking knee right now, you dumbass. Yeah, and they were just setting up a stable with uh, the Ascension, or not the Ascension. The Acclaimed and the Gun Club, the Ass Boys. Ah, the with, old Ass Boys. With uh, Billy Gunn as their manager. And Billy Gunn was favoring the Acclaim over his sons. He's, he's like, we need a two-word slogan. What do you guys got? And then Austin Gunn's like, oh, dad, 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 me, me, me. He's like, all right, Austin, what does he got? He's like, if you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Billy's like, no, 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 no. Stop right there. And then uh, Max Castle raised his hand. He's like, all right, Max, what do you got? Yo, listen. He's like, I like it. He's like, I like it. He's like, and now we, uh, we need a hand gesture. And Austin's raising his hand again. He's like, all right, Austin. He's like, what do you got? He's like, well, what if we take our hands like this? Put him above her head, and then say he's like, "No, no, 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 no. We we can't do that, Austin." And then Max Casser raises his hand again. He's like, "All right, Max, what do you got?" He's like, "Well, we take our two fingers like this, and, and they do the scissor thing." He's like, "That's it." He's like, "I love it. We're, we we got we got our two word slogan and our hand gesture now. We're over." I mean, they could still just do that, but without Bowens. Yeah, maybe Bowens on the outside on crutches or something. Yeah, you don't really need him. I mean, well, I get get better soon, Bowens. But you know, I'm kind of kind of kind of getting used to not seeing you on TV right now, which probably ain't a good thing for you. Yeah, apparently his dad's a hockey historian. Well. He knows every single hockey fight that's ever happened. Oh, well, maybe you should tell his son how to not fuck his knees up. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. What else we got? That was it for news and notes. Okay. Fair enough. So you want to jump into the old Dynamite review? Hell yeah. All right. So Dynamite this week. <laughs> Kicks off with Samoa Joe versus the Joker. 
Not that Joker, but a Joker. And it's Johnny Gargano. Oh, wait. No, it's not. It's John Morrison. Yes. Uh, the internet had a pretty good time making fun of AEW because whoever runs their Twitter account tagged John Johnny Gargano as <laughs> the fucking uh, release here. Uh, or for the uh, the debut, but it's John Morrison or Johnny Elite, as he was called. Uh, I'm a big Morrison fan. Um, I, I I was happy. I knew he wasn't fucking winning, but I, I was happy to see him. I, I hope he sticks around. I don't know if this was like a one off thing or not. I kind of feel like it is, but I'm I'm hoping to that he sticks around a bit. Yeah, I mean they they did the cool slow motion entrance with the hair waving again it just felt like old school johnny uh i like jim ross on commentary here saying he's like oh i've known johnny since the beginning of his career and he's always had the charisma he just never had the push yeah yeah and like lloyd in the chat saying and it's a letdown of a joker pick i saw people saying that and i'm like what the fuck did you you expect first of all tony didn't really Hype this this one up, number one. He really didn't hardly at all. Yeah. Uh, so I think the the expectation should have been mild uh, at best. Um, but on the flip side, like when people are like, "Oh, it's a letdown of a pick," I'm like, "All right, then that to me tells me that you are, and it's fine to be this, but it tells me that you're mostly just a WWE fan if you say that because literally in every other company he's ever worked in he's not just a top guy he's like the top guy yeah impact lucha like all like he's a fucking amazing wrestler and we uh, ruined his comeback they waited yeah. to fucking monday night raw after the rumble so like i'm excited yeah he has so much more potential than what wwe allowed him to do i'm glad he went there and made his paycheck or whatever fine but if you're let down by John Morrison showing up at this as in AEW, like then I don't think you've ever really seen John or you don't, or you've you've not seen Johnny outside of it because he is much, much better than what he's, he's been shown on WWE television. Granted, he looked nervous in the ring. I mean, it was not his greatest outing that 450 that he had. I mean, call him audible, you know, probably, You My know, guess would be he hasn't been doing shit for like like the last two years because he's just been on the sideline like selling hey, hey. water bottles. Ho ho! The Miz has got to go. Hey hey! Ho ho! ho, ho. My uh, wife just got fired. Hey hey! Ho ho! So I got speak, a stupid haircut. <laughs> speaking of which, so last week we were talking about our Joker picks, and we were both leaning towards Johnny Gargano and maybe Candice LeRae. When Johnny Elite came out, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. The women's joker is going to be Taya. Oh, I didn't say Candice, by the way. I know, I know. She I just, did. She I just did. farted out a baby. I don't think she's going to be wrestling for a while. Are I mean, you? No. Okay. Yeah, it was a oh, – sorry, I was trying to unmute my mic. So, I mean – I, I was happy and fine with the match. It was hard hitting. The kicks that they were throwing at one another. It looked like Johnny stiffed Samoa Joe at one point early on in the match. And then fucking Joe gave him his receipt later on by kicking him in the fucking arm. Super hard. But uh yeah, no. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. It just looked like Johnny was a little bit rusty, but 
that will definitely fucking go away yeah. after he has a few matches. I, I enjoyed it too. Um, I was happy with it. I like both these guys. Um, pretty obvious Joe was going to win, but I, I was into it. Uh, and I, I hope uh, I hope Morrison sticks around and um, let's see what else he's got. And I'm leaning more towards your, your, your logic behind this tournament. Baby faces for the foundation to push for like fundraisers and stuff. I think Joe's going to win it now. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, now it's what it's Joe versus O'Reilly versus O'Reilly, and then Cole versus Cole's in, already in. He's in the finals. Oh, Cole's in. Okay, so yeah, yeah then it's so yeah, so it'll be Cole versus, and if they go to the O'Reilly, well, we we just saw that on NXT not that long ago. Like, yeah, and they're not going to do elite versus elite. That'd be stupid already if they did that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I would say I hope it's Joe, and I. Th- would hope Joe wins. Yeah. Um, But the match I thought was fine. Um, I don't know. B minus. I'm fine with B minus right there. I'm right there with you. C plus was given by bleach report. That's also an acceptable grade. I'm fine with that. Uh, What what was their little synopsis on it? For a C plus. They said, uh, well, they kind of just gave a. Uh, they didn't give us. They just said they they wrote it weird this week. They didn't give like a synopsis. They just gave like a top moment section. Oh. Um, and they you could talk. Yeah, the post match attack with Jay Lethal and Sotnam fucking whatever his fucking name is. Uh, yeah, that they had a standoff with the best friends coming to help out. Uh. The Hardy Boys and the Young Bucks kind of tease their bullshit after the match, and the Hardy Boys say you're like a cosplay. You, the Young Bucks are just cosplay Hardy Boys, and sure. <laughs> um, now, next up, I will say, is a match that uh, Hulu, <laughs> at least as far as I'm aware, edited off the fucking uh, feed because I did not see this match and did not know it existed until I looked at this just now. Hangman Page versus Konosuke, take a shit. Takashi. It says take a shit here, all right? T-A-K-E, shit. It's, it's no, it's, did they really put a T at the end of his name? I, I, it's, I'm looking, okay, I'm being funny here, but it does say T-A-K-E-S-H-I-T-A, take shitta. That's Takashi. Well, Konusuke, take a shit. All right, let's go. Uh, I did not see this match. I did not even know this match existed, and I didn't hear a single peep about this on fucking line. What happened? I thought it was a solid match, a little bit long in the tooth for what it was. So, Punk comes out. You apparently Did you see Punk's abortion shirt? I saw okay, so I saw that like the, the the pictures of that going around, but I never saw it on the show. So I was like, "Where the?" F-? I didn't even think about it until just now. But yeah, so, I saw his. Uh, it was. Uh, I don't remember. It was, but it was a, a, a pro. Um, yeah, it was abortion rights or women's rights. Yeah, sure. So he comes out. He's on commentator or on commentary this week, just like Paige was last week for Punk and Silver. Okay. I did see a clip of this. That's right. Okay, because he hits the go to sleep on take a shit, 
And yeah, okay. And never mind. I did see a clip of this. I didn't. This was not on the Hulu rebroadcast, but I did see this. Uh, uh, I did see the clip where he hits the go to sleep on take a shit. Yeah, Takashi. God damn it. Ah, uh, but uh, really long match. Uh, they're, they're putting over Takashi, and I think Hangman should just been like, yeah, no, Punk had like an eight minute match for Silver. Let me have an eight minute match for this guy. This match went like damn near twenty minutes, and like he had to hit him with fucking everything. He kicked out of a tombstone. Uh, he went for the buckshot. He got reversed into a fucking German suplex. This Takashi guy was hitting him. Shiny, he hit Hangman Page with the Shiny Wizard. Hit him with like a fucking V-trigger knee. This kid's good, but they, they were putting him over at the wrong time. Do you know who this Take-A-Shit kid is? Uh, I know a little bit from commentary. Like, uh, But I mean like, I, I don't mean from commentary. I mean like... Did you know who the, who take a shit was before? Like like I know like when Pitbull came over, you're a big Pitbull fan. When uh, Stone Pitbull, I should say to be clear, um, and like when uh, they sent over that other geriatric guy that wrestled against oh Minoru Suzuki, not him. I know Suzuki, uh, the, the one they sent over to wrestle Moxley, and it was a horrible fucking match. Oh, uh, uh, don't tell me. Yuji Nagata. Sure. But my point is, is like, those are all like names that Japanese wrestling fans know, um, or at least like American Japanese wrestling fans know those names. I've never heard anyone talk about Take a Shit before. So I don't know who this fucking guy is. He's beat Tenru. He's beat fucking Great Muda, KG Muda. He was a former tag team champion with uh, Kota Ibushi and DDT. So he's a he's a DDT pro guy. That's what he is. He's he's pretty much wrestled his whole career in DDT. He's still in DDT pro. Yeah, his whole career is in, in DDT pro. Which <laughs> isn't that the comedy one? So there's comedy and there's fucking serious wrestling in there too. But like Minoru Suzuki's in there. He Muda's likes in there. He likes stupid comedy. Yeah, the the Japanese crowd does, man. Well, but this this match was very hard hitting. I, I would recommend watching it. It was probably the best match of the show. It was just really long, and to me, it didn't click for what it was supposed to do. Hangman uh, should have just hit hit a buckshot, have him kick out of the buckshot, hit the go to sleep and go to and home. Hit the go to sleep, go home. That sounds about about appropriate, but yes, I did see the clip where he hit the fucking go to sleep, and then Punk Takashi fucking ate it too. Yeah, and Punk was like more jovial when he saw his finisher get used. Uh, I think he even said he's like, "I'm in his head." Yeah, and then like that sort of pissed off uh, uh, Hangman a little more. Um, cause he didn't, you know, it didn't have the reaction that like, you know, hangman got mad when punk used, uh, the buckshot. Um, yes. so it's clear we're going towards a heel turn here. It's, I mean, we're, that train has left the station and, and it's, it's happening. Yeah. Um, all right. But, uh, what would you give, uh, old hangman versus take a shit? B minus. Like I said, it was a solid match. It was just not the match I needed at the time. 
Between the two of them. Well, they gave it a B plus. So good job, take a shit. I genuinely hope he gets signed because I just like saying his name now. Takashi? Take a shit. I will never say not take a shit. <laughs> that will be his name forever, all right? You know, Corny's got Kenny Olivier, and we've got take a shit. Except for I like take a shit. <laughs> well, I'll have to see when I see him in, in the in the works here. All right, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus the Workhorsemen. These fucking jamokes. Uh... This was the match to get over their tag team finisher. Yes. But these are are the workhorsemen signed? I don't know if they are, but every time they show up on my TV, I'm like, well, this is probably not going to be very good. <laughs> JD Drake is like that indie darling that you would love to see on an indie show just because he looks like I could probably go drink with this guy out at the bar. But on major TV, he does not correlate. Like, he doesn't have, like, any specialty look. Like, even Dusty Rhodes kind of had, like, a, like, the bleach blonde hair and, like, the gut, and he was just, like, over flamboyant. J.D. Drake is not that. Yeah, and Dusty had charisma falling out his asshole along with his yeah. Dusty Mufflers, but. And then uh, Kevin Black, Blackwood or Blackheart? It's Black. Blackwood, I believe. Blackwood. The dude with the shit. Yeah. 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 So he was in that tragic car accident with him and Puff and I think, uh, what's his name? The dude that's a sports entertainer now. Daniel Garcia. And they all came back from that car accident. So kudos to them. So I don't wish any ill will on them. But, uh, yeah, no, this match is what it is. It put over Lee and Swerve. Uh, and then Ricky Sarks and Hobbs come out after the match saying, oh, you guys think that you guys deserve a title shot just because uh, you guys are now in the top five. He's like, well, we beat you. We're in the top five, so we deserve the shot first. And then Christian comes out and just says, hey, it's going to be all three teams at double or nothing for the tag team championships. And next oh, it's, not, it's not Kevin Blackwood. Kevin Blackwood's the guy with the, the blacked out arms. Uh it's Anthony Henry. Oh, Anthony Henry. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, 205 reject. Anthony Henry? Yeah. He, oh, is he, he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was on 205. He wrestled Alex Zane a lot on there. Oh. Hmm. Well, that explains why he's boring. Uh <laughs> I uh yeah, I'm with you. I I don't like you said, this match was just to get the finisher over and Give uh give um Lee and Swerve a, a a win, but I just that team is uh it's usually if I see them on my TV, I'm like I can go make some food or I can go old, old take a shit and take a shit. You are muted. How about Christian setting up a triple threat match for next week's Dynamite ahead of the triple threat tag team match? Yeah. Where it's going to be uh, Jungle Boy versus Swerve versus Ricky Stocks. Why? I don't know. <laughs> so, so, so he can get his win back, Sam. 
I, I smell a, a Christian Hilton coming soon. Oh, no. I don't think you need to smell it. It's it's in your face, and you're, you're going to eat his asshole. Like, it's so obviously going to happen. I'm not going to eat his asshole, but... Uh, you're gonna, he's going to make you. That's why he's a heel. Christian, tonight you eat my ass. Yes. Uh, perfect. Uh, but yeah, I see him screwing uh, them out of the tag team championships at the pay-per-view. Uh, hopefully, Keith Lee and Swerve end up winning. Because uh, I don't know. Well, Ricky Starks and Power Off Hobbs could then feud with FTR, I guess. I'm just trying to think of other babyface tag teams. They got parties. They're going to be with the, doing a program with the Bucks, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. FTR, I just want to see more of them on my fucking TV. That'd be nice. Tony Khan, you dick face. Yeah. So, uh, kudos to Swerve and uh, Shane for coming up with a really cool tag team finisher. Mm-hmm. Well, Do we have a name for that yet? I think it's uh, Swerve on My Glory. That sounds like a sexual pun but all right we're swerving my glory put your swerve on my glory baby yeah asking it yeah uh all right the glory hole stop all right well we get to wardlow and his 10 lashes here and it's uh a very different 10 lashes than when when uh, when cody got him yeah. Uh he he he's Hulk Hogan in it here. Um he's no selling the lashes, <laughs> which I think is good for Wardlow's character and what they're trying to tell here. Yeah. Um and MJF's getting frustrated and eventually just kicks him right in the right in the dick. Yeah, for and his then, last lash. Yeah, and then hits him a few more times with the, the whip uh, or the whip the diamond ring. But yeah. And uh yeah, so we get the a little bit of a twist on the um, the lashes that we saw last time, but I thought everything about this was fucking good. Uh, yeah. I, I like they're setting this up. Hey, son, chill the fuck out. Chill the fuck, chill the fuck out, son. He's destroying my carpet. Um, <laughs> oh, I came back to the <laughs> eat my ass song, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I thought this was pretty good though. So I was in the old barber chair yesterday. And How often do you go to the fucking barber? Once every two weeks. Oh my god, I couldn't do it. No. Anyways, so I'm in the barber chair. My barber, uh, he's a friend of mine. He loves pro wrestling. Loves AEW. We're talking about how the steel cage match is going to go over, and I think I laid it out perfectly. And if I was Tony Khan, I would book it this way. Match opens with fucking Sean Spears getting F10, whatever Wardlow calls it. Or he gets power bombed right away and he's out. And then it's just Wardlow and MJF. And then he goes after MJF, starts beating the shit out of MJF. Sean Spears gets up. He starts beating the shit out of Sean Spears. All of a sudden, MJF comes to. 
rings the bell. And Warlow thinks that he wins. And Warlow's like, no. Uh, he put his hands on the official. He loses. So then that way, Wardlow still does not win the cage match. Still looks strong. And then he starts to go after MJF again, but MJF fucking climbs up the cage and gets out. And then he has to watch Sean Spears eat like 10 power bombs. That's how I would book it. I'd be fine with it. Uh, I mean, this. however they're going to do this is... You know, Sean Spears to me is very boring, so I don't really. They got to do something to spice this up. I think you got to do something goofy like that because otherwise, it's super. He he is. I don't know. He's one of those guys that I'm like, you. Good luck. You you got a job there. Yeah, he's he's a great hand. He's he's never going to be the guy though. No, he's never going to be a guy. I don't even think. I mean, he's always just there to. He's there to lose. He's he's a jobber. Pin me, pay me, baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought the segment was pretty damn good overall. Um, it was my my favorite segment on the show. So, um, they gave it an A. Um, I I'm fine with that. I, I think that this is the most interesting thing on the show right now. Uh, like consistently is MJF and Wardlow. Uh, I, I think it's the best part of the show right now. Yeah. So here's my thing. I I like Wardlow. I I don't know if I like the Goldberg aspect to it now though. Well, I mean, I think he'll have that until he gets to to MJF. I mean. And he, he has competitive matches with people. He just had a competitive match with, um, who the fuck was it uh, uh, last week? Um, so he, he's taking down Lance Archer and W. Morrissey. That's who it was. He had a competitive match with, with Morrissey, though. It's not like he just, you know, like Goldberg just came in, speared, jackhammer, fucking walked back to the ring. You know, he's having matches. Not unless it's William Regal. William Regal smarting Goldberg up to the business. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know. I, I guess I can see that if you, if, you know. But, you know, that's like me when I remember when I used to, like, years ago when we first started this podcast. And, like, I couldn't stand Asuka because she had literally not lost in two and a half years. I kind of get that. But that was two and a half years in. That wasn't, you know four months in <laughs> and, and and Warlow has already lost but I, I do like how AEW is are building new stars and er, everybody and their mother thinks MJF's gonna leave and go to WWE sure if they pay him more but he's not gonna have the same freedom that he does in AEW would you agree with that or no yeah definitely I mean from what I mean, obviously we're not backstage at either place, but from what it sounds like, it sounds like AEW is mostly more fun to work for, while WWE is more professional, and some people fit that mold better. And you're probably going to make more money in WWE unless you're like a punk or a Moxley or a big name. You're probably going to make more money in WWE. That being said, MJF is, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm writing 
the biggest – you need to keep him because he's young and he has the ability to be your top guy. I, I, I really think MJF's just playing everybody right now. Well, I don't – you – see, I also think that you – like to think that they care more about the wrestling than they do about the money. MJF knows what he's worth and MJF knows that, I mean, at this point, cause and this is what was fucked up is uh, if, if this is true from what it sounds like MJF still on a con the same contract he was when he signed. So that means people like Jake Hager, Alistair black people that fucking aren't doing shit and nobody gives a shit about are making more money than he is right now. And he should be whatever contract he signs next should set him up for the rest of his life. If he's smart, it needs to be a multi-million dollar contract, whatever he signs. Yeah. And once again, I think Tony kind of might be paying him more than what his contract is. Just keeping it hush hush. Maybe they're trying to kayfabe some people. I mean, you know it, MJF is kayfabe to the bone. Have I mean, you ever yeah. watched any of his stuff with wrestling? Stuff with wrestling? What are you talking about? Wrestling on Barstool Sports with Brandon Walker? I mean, I watched his like interviews or like some of the segments. I don't really watch that shit. Well, he, he yes, did, he is kayfabe, but yes. He just did one not too long ago, like last week, and it was great. Yeah, well, I mean... And that's fine. I just, I, I'm this, and he could be very well. He could have a, a better deal. You know, we don't know for sure that he's on the original one. I would hope not because he's obviously consistently one of the best parts of the show. And what makes people want to watch the show is largely uh, him. But I would hope to, whatever contract he signs in a year and a half, it better have a lot of fucking zeros behind it is all I'm saying. And yeah, he'll, he'll probably get like a two million dollar deal, three million I think dollar he's worth deal. More than that. But does the E think he's worth more than that? Because let, let's let's be honest. Why is MJF over? Because he's good. I don't know why. Classic kill shit that we loved from the nineties and from the eighties and from the seventies. Does WWE ah does WWE do any of that classic kill shit? I don't know, and I don't – I'm not talking about – again, I'm not talking what his character is or what it won't be. I'm talking about what he's worth, like, money-wise, you know? Like, they'll sign him because he's good and people like him. Yeah, he won't be as good. He won't be as entertaining in WWE because he won't be able to be as as much of a shitty asshole. Um, but I'm just – He's gonna sign where wherever whoever puts the biggest check in front of him, that's where he's gonna sign. Yeah, I mean it's a business, so he gets it. I think he's worth at least four million dollars. Maybe over four years, million dollars. I think he's a million dollar a year talent for sure. Um, and you could build literally your entire roster around him with how young he is and make him like your Ric Flair. That's what I would do. Yeah, I just don't I, I don't trust him in the hands of WWE writers. Oh, I don't either. And I would rather he stay with AEW. Genuinely I do. So I hope Tony Khan doesn't get fucking too big for his britches or cheaps out and and wants to hire all his fucking buddies. I hope he fires some of those fucking morons and just says, Here you go. Here's a big sack of money. 
let's keep doing business together. Janelle's gone. Stunt's gone. They're, they're, they're starting to weed out here, Sam. They're starting to, but they still got a lot of shit that they can cut off that branch or off that tree. Uh, either way, let's move on to Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Phoenix. I was kind of shocked that uh, that Ray didn't didn't uh, didn't win. Yeah, I, I mean, well, once Samoa Joe won, I was like, well, Joe has to go up against a hill. Or it's AEW. AEW does fucking babyface for babyface all the fucking time. Um, but yeah, uh, I was surprised Ray didn't win. But Ray just came back from injury. So you got to bring him back slowly. Um, but yeah, I'm fine with Kyle O'Reilly winning. Kyle O'Reilly's really good in the ring, solo or in the tag team. It's just, he's very bland on the mic. He's charismatic as shit in the ring. But it's just, you know, talking to the crowd and trying to get over is where he lacks it. This match, though. This this is probably my second favorite match of the night. Probably goes Hangman, take a shit, and then uh, Phoenix and... uh, O'Reilly, you, you got me saying it now. I'll, I'll just say it now. I'll go with it. All right. Uh, and Ray Phoenix, like I've always said, when he's on, he's one of the best in the world. Yeah. And in this match, he was on. I will go with that. Uh, it was good. It was really good. I kind of thought Ray was going to win because, you know, he's returning from injury and whatnot, but it was still really good. Both these guys are really good. Uh, I agree with you 100%. When Ray is hitting and not botching, he's he's amazing. But then he will have matches where he gets kind of sloppy, but he wasn't sloppy in this match. It was, it was solid. How about that jumping spin kick in the corner? Favorite spot of the whole entire match. Yeah, like the, they call it, a, they hear in Bleacher Report, they call it the rebound hook kick. I've yeah, never heard of that before, but that's what they're calling it. And it fucking hit O'Reilly, like, flush in the mouth. Maybe O'Reilly got his hand up. But he did the fucking tooth take where he spits the gum out where it looks like a fucking tooth goes flying. Mm-hmm. And then they did the spot where O'Reilly's on the outside. Phoenix goes running, dives through the middle rope, suicida, but does a cannonball with it. And the back of O'Reilly's head just smacks the fucking guardrail. Mm-hmm. This match was hard hitting for what it was. Yeah, it was good. Uh, this was a fun match to watch. Um, it just really shows you how good I think Kyle really is, uh, and Ray's good too. But um, obviously, this was meant to give Kyle a, I think a, a more meaningful victory because you know Ray's a Ray's one of AEW's guys. You know they like him a lot mm-hmm. and. It allowed Ray to, I'm sorry, uh, Kyle to get a win over somebody a little more meaningful, and a, and in a really good match. So I'm, yeah. I'm, this was good. I like, I like how they played on his arms. Still, we oh, yeah. all know his arms healthy, but they, they sold it. Ray sold it great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, he got to. We all saw it bend the fuck backwards, so he might as well. So uh, he ends up uh, making Ray tap out, puts him in the arm bar, grabbing the leg so he can't fucking squirm anywhere with the arm bar. Solid match. All right, next up was the worst part of the show for me. I fucking hated this so much. 
Chris Jericho and William Regal have a face-to-face confrontation. Oh, my God. Everything Jericho does is just... Talk about taking a shit. He's a wizard. Oh, it's terrible. And I just hate that this is... We've got William Regal. This is what we're doing with him. Stupid-ass bullshit with Chris Jericho that's never good. And what do we got here? What's the big fucking thing? The big takeaway from this is... Oh, hey, I peed in your fucking in your fucking tea. Well, ha, well I shoved your toothbrush shut me bumhole. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this feels like the worst episode of Raw I've ever seen. How about Garcia playing it off though? Or playing playing into it. And then on top of that, you also got Jericho like laying into the reality shit, talking about how Regal had drug problems and that He's going to end up, oh, and that um, whatever's his name. Birds of a feather, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, and that Daniel Bryan's going to end up in rehab like like Moxley did. Uh, I was just like, I mean, whatever, I'm fine with that. Like, as, you know, if everyone agrees to it. But all in all, I was just like, this was fucking horrendous. Um, the only thing I liked about it, the only thing I liked about it, was when Jericho cha- kind of challenged them to a, uh, a stadium stampede match, and Moxley shut that shit down immediately. Moxley was like, "I'm not doing that dumbass shit." Like, yeah, he's like, "That was for a different time in a different place." Yeah, and he's like, "We had to do that because we didn't have the fans." And he's like, "I'm not going to subject the fans to that dumb shit." So how about just you five or us five? Anything goes. Gang wars. <laughs> Gang warfare. I, th- I think it's called like uh, anywhere in the arena or something now. Just like Blood and <laughs> Wall games. We just got, they got to come up with something so we can fucking say it. <laughs> like the fans will pop. It could yes. be anything, but like honestly, if they call it like Blood Rising. Blood moon. Uh, that's got to be something better. But like, they got to give him something. Once a year, he's got to say something stupid like that, and 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 the people will pop. Blood and guts. Blood and guts. <laughs> oh man, uh, I didn't hate the segment as much. Uh, I like how Regal clapped back at Jericho. Jericho did have a bunch of like, like heart heart string tug fucking phrases in there talking about the addiction for. Regal and the addiction for Moxley and uh, addiction and mental health problems of Eddie. So, yeah, and and I like how he cut Judas off from everybody. Yes, uh, that was good. Uh, finally, I mean, it, it's addressing something that should have been addressed a long time ago. Is that he's a fucking heel? He shouldn't have this fucking sing along song. Um, so hopefully next week we get a different song. Yeah. And I like how it starts off with the one guy from 2.0. It's like the then, now, forever thing. He's like, and for the past eight weeks, we are the number one thing in sports entertainment. I can't remember those guys' names. They Jericho I, changed them, and now I think one of them's name's like Skippy, and one of them's... I, Marmaduke, I don't know. Like, I don't know their fucking names. Uh, 
I'd give this segment a C minus. I'd give it a D minus. All right, fair enough. I, I fucking hated it. And it just made me feel bad for William Regal. And it's like a growing trend. Anytime Jericho has something, I'm like, I just feel bad for the other person. Because it's going to be fucking stupid. All right. We got the next Joker shows up. Uh, it's Dr. Britt Baker versus Maki Ito. I'll let, old... you take, I'll let you take this one while I pee real quick. Well, I mean, we got old take-a-shit over there. And now we got the Lord of Piss. <laughs> so... We got them both. Uh, some people were a little, again, let down by this. I thought it was fine. Again, I didn't think they oversold that these were going to be like mind game changing, quote unquote, uh, fucking Joker cards. Um, but Maki's not good in the ring. I'll be perfectly honest. But she does have a fan base. Uh, the crowd does react to her. I think this is the perfect way to use her, honestly. Just for spot, little spots like this. People will bring her in once in a while. Let the crowd go who likes that kind of shit enjoy it. Um, obviously, Britt wins, which she should have. Wins with the lockjaw. Um, it's not a great match. It's pretty, you know... It's... It's a fucking Maki Ito match. You know, you get the best that you, of it you can. But, um, I don't know. I have no problem with her, like, it, just being used like this. She is funny. Like, the fact that, I don't know, she just says some of the craziest shit. And I still can never get over that I am the lord of shit and piss or whatever the fuck she said. Um, and her whole gimmick is just that she's foul and... Likes to cuss and apparently likes piss. Worst gimmicks have been made, <laughs> I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm. There's not much to say about the match. I mean, it, it is what it is. The biggest thing that comes out of this is afterwards, uh, Tony Storm and Britt Baker have a stare down um, to st set up their semifinals match, which I'm like. If Baker and Storm are the semifinal match, I'm like, what the fuck is going to be the main of the, the, the end? Like, that feels like that should be the end. Ooh. Like, Britt and Tony feels like that would be the, like, that should have been the end, but I don't know. The women's tournament is more, to me, exciting than the men's. I would and, agree. And may I say, what a fucking letdown. Like, I get Maki Ito, and I get the fucking simps for fucking Maki Ito. She's got her fan base. But, Jesus Christ, when you have Ember Moon out there, Athena, you have Taya Valkyrie, you have fucking Candice LeRae, you have fucking Deanna Perrazzo that you can bring back. And then you give me Maki Ito? Well, those other people are going to cost over in this money. match. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm like I said, she's got her fan base. They seem to only use her like once a month, every other like every seven or eight months. Like I don't know, it's fine. But um, this match isn't good because Maki's not very good in the ring. She's her gimmick is just that she's foul and likes to cuss and apparently likes pee. Who who's the one guy in New Japan with the blonde hair? He was out for a while for a head injury. 
his his move is the diving headbutt. He was in a tag team. Now I gotta fucking look it up. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Juice? Who are you talking about? Oh, not Juice. Uh, he was in a tag team with, uh, I believe it was Yuji Nagata. I have no idea where you're going with this or who you're talking about. Or uh, who was the guy that did the fucking butt bump? Rikishi. No, in New Japan. What the fuck was the name of that stable? I don't know. New Japan stables. Either way, I don't know. I would go like C minus on this D D plus C minus. Um, they gave it a C plus. What would you give Maki, the the Lord of Piss, and uh, um, entertaining? It was let down for being a surprise person. Uh, C minus. Okay. All right. And then uh, you didn't like the Serena Deeb moment. I actually thought Serena Deeb's promo was okay. She she was a little here and there on the microphone for me. Well, I liked it because I feel like Serena never really gets to have any sort of actual character. You know, she usually is just the one they stick out there who has a really good match and then doesn't have much character. But I liked her getting to reference, you know, like, oh, I got fake titties because – of that perverted old man. And, and I got a, what else would she say? Oh, and then they, they made, I shaved my head to prove that I, that I wanted it. And, you know, I was like, all right. So she's, you know, bringing up things from the past. I don't, I was like, you have fake boobs. Cause I did not notice, but all right. <laughs> um, yeah. You uh, didn't know that when she was in the fuck trade society, dude. I mean, she, Looks the same to me now as she did then, so I'm presuming she kept them. They have been taken out. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I'll have to do some Googling on that one. I'll have to get back to you on that. But either way, uh, I don't know. I just like to seeing her have a little bit of a character, you know, a little more character, a little more story. I li- it's nice seeing a woman that isn't Britt Baker have a fucking microphone. Um, I thought it was all right, but... You you weren't you weren't into it. You said this was your least favorite part of, of Dynamite this week. Yeah, Deeb is not that great on the mic. She's great in the ring. Give her a mouthpiece. That's all I'm saying. And then uh, the whole Dustin Rhodes and Thunder Rosa connection, it's very loose ended. I wish she would have came out and celebrated with her when when she beat Britt Baker in the cage to kind of make it mean more. So, yeah. All right. Well, and then uh, the next up, we have the main event, which is uh, Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy. And I'll tell you what, Brian, AEW, they AEW'd it. That's the best I can say about this one. What is? What do we always say? What does AEW love, love finishing a, a, a show with more than anything in the world? A big who gives a fuck brawl with too many people in the ring to even tell what's going on. Desperately out of time. Yeah, I, I, I was just like, this is, this was an AEW ending if I ever saw one. What'd you think of it? Uh, 
So here's my thing with AEW. I get that they don't like to do hodgepodge finishes. They like to keep matches clean. But if any match deserved a fucking hodgepodge finish or outside interference, it was this. Mm. Why did Adam Cole have to go over clean on Jeff Hardy? Especially if you're setting up the Young Bucks and the Hardys. The Young Bucks could have, like, fucking super kicked out, like, Jeff's knees or something. Well, the ref was distracted, and then fucking Adam Cole hits the boom, one, two, three, and then that sets it up for you. So I think that it was just a missed opportunity there just because they want to book how they book. I agree. And they want to make wins mean something. And Adam Cole beat Jeff Hardy. Nobody's going to remember that 10 weeks from now. Now – had the Young Bucks come out and cost Jeff Hardy the match? Yeah, people would have remembered. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, this, and, I mean, Jeff Hardy versus Adam Cole is, you could, you know, there might be something to that down the road. Like, that could be a fucking feud that might be interesting. But, you know, now we've already seen it. and Well, that's gone. Um, and then, like I said, the whole clusterfuck at the end, I was just like, okay, like, I have seen, I can't tell you how many times, it'd be interesting, I would be interested to see how many matches have ended in a, you know, clusterfuck like this at the end, in the three years that that AEW's been, now, it's, it's not as bad as it was, the first two years, this happened every single episode, I felt like. But it still happens quite a bit where, you know, a match or the whole show will go off the air with 45 fucking people in the ring. Yeah. Uh, like I said, had the Young Bucks cost the Hardys the match, it would have meant more to me than just them coming down at the end after the match. Uh, because why? Hmm? I don't know. What do we? Beat, what about Sting beat, taking? What about Sting elite? taking chair shots? Beating the elite, Sting taking a fucking ankle chair shot. Mm-hmm. Now Sting is going to be written off TV for a while. Uh, I I don't know. I can get it. The match was okay though. If if this was a one on one contest and it was there's a story behind it and meaning, great match. But. Since it was in a tournament, you're doing a secondary storyline post-match. That secondary story should have been written into the match. That's just me. Hmm. Fair enough. I, I'm. 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 I think we're in agreement on this one. Uh, this wasn't a bad episode of Dynamite. I really. The only thing I truly dis like truly disliked was the Jericho segment. Um, and like you said, maybe some questionable stuff, but it's it all, 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 all in all, I'd say this is a a serviceable episode. Wasn't anything that I'm going to probably remember in, you know, three months, but it was, it was fine. I don't know. I, I'd give the whole show like a C plus. Uh, I'd give it a B. Oh, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. B, I'm, I'm right there because Phoenix and... Kyle O'Reilly was really good. Joe Johnny Elite was good. Uh, Hangman and Take a Shit was good. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it a B because I got my new favorite uh, wrestler, Take a Shit. 
Yes. I'm going to increase it to a B. All right. Uh, and then I like Jericho Regal segment. Uh, this The team, the, those are the two that, that we're swapping on right there. And the main event was okay. I just felt like they could have done more with it. I, I, I'm with you. And I, I think you're right that if you, you could have had, you know, Jeff getting like fucked over would have been a better overall experience. Like, like, you know, it would have done more for everybody involved. Yeah. Like Jeff, Jeff goes up to the top rope and Nick Jackson hops up onto the apron and Rick Knox is fucking distracted or Bryce Remsburg, whoever it was. And then he's going to go push him off. And then all of a sudden Matt Hardy comes over, takes out Matt Jackson. But still there's Bobby Fish because there's numbers. Shoves fucking Jeff Hardy off the uh, top rope. Lands. Boom. The, or the boom. One, two, three. That's, I mean, that's how I would have wrote it. But it's just me. All right. Well. If you're ready, I know you said you had a top five you wanted to do. Yeah, so AEW's closing in on their three-year anniversary. Um, their very first show was Double or Nothing in Vegas. I was there. Pretty meaning, meaningful wrestling show for me. Um, it was the second one that me and my fiancé have ever traveled to. Uh, we went to Mania the year before. Uh, but this was this was my first time in Vegas. Uh, we met the Bucks in uh, Caesars, or not Caesars, but at MGM Grand while they were gambling, and they were really nice. Uh, the show was amazing. And then post-show, I met uh, Ricky Morton in the airport, and I almost gave him a heart attack. <laughs> what, one of my favorite wrestling stories of all time. So... That being said, with AEW being around for three years, what are your top five favorite matches from AEW? Um, well, I knew my number one uh, immediately. Um, I, I will admit I had to kind of look through some of the other ones to go through here, but I can tell you my number one right off the bat and just kind of work our way down from there if you want. So you want to go one to five? I mean... I guess, or uh, yeah, let's let's go in reverse order, because otherwise, what if then your three is my two, and you know, like we'll steal each other's matches up there. Um, I'll tell you my number one. When you said this, I knew without a doubt. I think you know what it's going to be. Is it Cody and Dustin? It's absolutely Cody and Dustin. Um, In my top five, not my number one, though. According to. Whatever fucking page I'm on, they also ranked it the number one uh, best match ever. Um, I still think that that's, I mean, arguably, I think that that might be the best wrestling match I've seen in the last, of all companies, in the last at least five years. Um, It's a hell of a match. There was so much story into it, so much emotion. I love Dustin Rhodes. I loved seeing him get to have that, you know, one last big match at least for now. Maybe he'll have one later on. And I mean, if you're a fucking, if you love blood and wrestling, I mean, it don't get much fucking bloodier than that, ma- that match. Um, and 
it's two professionals. They had a real wrestling match. They had that slugfest, and it was just fucking great. I love that match. That is a, I mean, I would, I don't know if I can yet. I would love to be able to go back and watch that match again, but I haven't been able to. All right. Well, my number one uh, was from last year, All Out. It was the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros still cage match. Mm-hmm. One, just because I was there for it, and it was a really awesome match live. And two, just because everyone was just thinking, oh, the Young Bucks are going to win this. It's Young Bucks, Young Bucks, Young Bucks. They, they, they never give it to the Lucha Bros. They give it to the Lucha Bros. And it was just entertaining, the super kick with the fucking tax. And I was like, oh, that's it. And then, no, they, they come back. Ray Phoenix has a spot off the fucking rope. Or off, not the, off the rope, but off the top of the cage. Which is a really good match. And you couldn't tell. It was a who's who. And that's what you want from pro wrestling. And you want two teams or two people to gel with one another. And these two teams do. This, this tag team rivalry is one of my favorites of all time. Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, just because they, it's like peanut butter and jelly when, when they get into the ring with one another. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm down for it. Um, I'm going to take as a secondary pick. Now, these may not be in particular order after the number one because I'm kind of just looking through here. And yeah. And, 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 and Lloyd's, oh, I think he's talking about the hug between Dustin and Cody. Yeah. The end was incredible. Yeah. yeah. I need my big brother. <laughs> um, I will. St- I, so these aren't going to be coming in any particular order because I'm kind of just leafing through the list as we're going through here and uh, seeing it once stick out to me. But I'm going to take uh, MJF versus uh, versus Punk in the collar match. Um, I really liked it. It was classic wrestling. The only thing, again. I think when we rated this match, I gave it an A. And the only reason I didn't give it an A plus was because of the thumbtacks. Outside of the thumbtack spot, I loved that match. That match was everything I love about pro wrestling. Uh, it was a wrestling match. It wasn't there was besides the the tax, there was no other caca or bullshit or anything like that. I just really liked that match. And uh I mean it, and right now, CM Punk and MJF are basically the two best things going in AEW and uh you know you see why I, I like that match a lot so I'm gonna go with them well, I, I definitely agree with you uh they definitely are two of the best things going right now for that company yeah but I'm, my number two match once again involves the Young Bucks it's the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page from Revolution 2019 that match one of the best tag team matches of all time. That, in my opinion, IMO. Uh, you have Kenny and Hangman teaming up, and there's that friction between there where you think one's going to turn on the other because it's the Young Bucks. Young Bucks are going to beat them, take the fucking titles. And you get all these false finishes that were great. Tony Schiavone and JR doing a great job on the call. Tony's fucking popping like crazy. And then 
Kenny and Hangman win. More specifically, Hangman gets the win. Mm -hmm. And then post-match, Kenny's like still hugging the Young Bucks. And Hangman's already on the ramp. And he turns around and he grabs the rope. Like he's going to flip in and fucking just buckshot Larry and everybody. But he doesn't. He just stays there and then opens the rope up for Kenny. I, I, I just thought it was beautiful storytelling. And it was a damn good match. I'm not the you know the biggest Buck fan uh, these days, but uh, it was it was fine. It was a good match. I know a lot of people call it, a lot of people say it's in their top. Buck Rube. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take number three. Uh, um, another MJF match. Uh, I'm gonna take MJF versus Cody Rhodes at Revolution 2020. Um, I really liked that whole program. Um, that to me was a time when Cody was firing on all cylinders. Everything he touched was great back then. And the, the crowd really loved him. Um, MJF, everything he touched, everyone fucking hated him. It was perfect. Uh, that's when we had the lashes originally and the, the really good steel cage match. Well, not even know if it's a really good match, but the really good moment, uh, in the steel cage match, which, uh, with between Cody and Wardlow. But, uh, again, it was a classic wrestling match, and the shitty heel won because he cheated. Who would have thought? He hit him with the fucking battle bull ring or whatever they want to call it. Um, I liked it. Classic wrestling again, and uh, uh, I really, really liked it. My next pick is going to be uh, uh, very different than my classic wrestling picks I've been picking, by the way. So it's going to be different. <laughs> my number three was your number one. It was Cody versus Dustin. Uh, once again, they're live for it. I was not expecting this match. I was expecting it to be good, okay, serviceable. The big brother putting over baby brother. But I was not expecting this. Dustin Rhodes reestablished himself in... I almost want to say the echelon, the history of pro wrestling, of just how damn good that he is and how underrated that he's been his whole entire career. Thanks, Hulk Hogan. Buggy whip arms. But uh, just the story that they told with one another, the blood was called for. And, yeah, when Cody goes over, hugs him at the end, it, it was a beautiful, 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 beautiful match. Yeah. It was great. That's my favorite match of the last at least five years. Um, I am going to take now. Granted, I know I the, my other picks. Obviously, I tend to like classic wrestling matches, and I tend to that's what I gravitate towards. But every now and then, I like something a little off the top, off the beaten path. And I got to admit, I had fun with LAX versus Best Friends in the parking lot brawl. Is our number four the same number four? I think it is. Hell yeah. That, I is, mean, that is my number four. I wish it would not have had the ending with um, Trent's mom. I Because it was like a brutal fucking match. And then you have the stupid comedy at the end. I, um, but I, I all in all, I mean, it was a pretty hard hitting fucking match for free TV. 
and really with a team that I don't really like. I don't like the best friends. So, like, I went into it like, well, this, and I do love LAX, but I went into it kind of being like, well, this is going to fucking suck. And it was pretty fucking fun. Um, and it was in a time, once again, during COVID, no fans or just worker fans. And they did this fucking parking lot match. It was beautiful. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. Uh, I, I, I definitely liked that one. It was shot great. The fucking back body drops onto the car. The fucking uh, spot where Orange Cassidy comes out of the trunk. It was great. I thought it was funny. It was just solid. Super solid. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you don't want a classic, traditional, in-ring, no real frills outside the uh, ropes, don't watch this match. No. So if you want to be entertained by four guys brawling and going at it between a circle of cars, look no further. This is it. Yeah, it was it was fun. So our uh, number fours were the same. Look at us. All right. Oh, I guess that goes back to wait. No. Yeah, me or you? Yeah, you. Oh well, I hadn't picked my number five yet. Uh, well, I know my number five. If you want me to go, you take your number five. I'm kind of still scrolling through here, seeing if I can find something that stands out to me. All right, my number five was a lights out match between two ladies. Ah, Britt okay. Baker and Thunder Rosa. They were in a feud for close to eight months, and it a call a culminated on a dynamite just mere weeks after the shutdown and lockdown happens. So this is on St. Patrick's Day of 2020. And this is one of the damnedest matches I've ever seen between two females, two ladies, two women wrestlers, just going at it. You don't expect ladies to use chairs or tables or thumbtacks, but they did. And Thunder Rosa wins the match, but Dr. Britt Baker got over in this match. So you can lose and still go over. And Britt proved that. Britt became a star that night. Thunder Rosa won, but Britt got over. And to me, that's pro wrestling. That's what needs to happen. A loss can elevate somebody if done properly. And that was done properly. Both ladies bled. Both ladies took some ridiculous spots. And post-match, Britt just bleeding, looking at the camera, became a T-shirt. I bought the T-shirt. So that, to me, started to elevate their women's division. And since then, their women's division has started to creep up. Uh, They started to get away from the funny, ha-ha, comedy Japanese women's wrestling. And, yeah, to me, great match. One of my favorite that AEWS put on. And, and it was my match of the year in 2020. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, my number one, uh, because it's my – I will give it – because it's my favorite thing that's ever happened in AEW, uh, will be the Exploding Ring match 
Um, Get out. Get out of here. I, I will definitely remember that before I remember most of my stuff. All right. All right. Uh, I will take, actually, then um, MJF versus Darby Allen. Solid, solid, solid match. They had a really good match. I forgot what pay-per-view that was, but they had a really good match. Uh, Revolution. Revolution. Yeah, they had a really, really good match at Revolution. Um, again, it was a classic wrestling match with with a, a car crash style wrestler and a classic heel, but everything w- made sense and worked really well together. Uh, I think those two have good chemistry um, and uh, are two of the younger stars that uh, I think that that AEW should really be investing in. Um, Is there and, anybody uh, like Darby Allen or anybody else like Darby Allen that? puts his body on the line and puts people over more than he does. No. Sammy Guevara. He does it in like a less fun way. And it's like flashy and not as cool, but Guevara does some pretty crazy shit too. Yeah. I, Um, I, I love your match pick. I love the tombstone on the apron. And then MJF is still selling the knee. Yeah, it was it was a good, just a classic wrestling story. So I, I'm fine with that being in my my top five. But I also would like honorable mention for the exploding ring. Um, we all do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was, was a fun a good uh, match until then. Okay. No, it wasn't. It was terrible throughout the entire thing. Uh, don't you fucking dare try to try to take that away from me, Ricky Bobby. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, that is the end of that top five. I like that top five, though. We should do something similar next week. Okay. Maybe top five double or nothing matches. There's only been three, isn't there? <laughs> There's only been three double or nothing matches. I, I, think, I, think, I think this is going to be the fourth one. 19, fourth one. 20, 21, 22. Yeah. So this is going to be the fourth double or nothing. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Other than that, Ryan, I think uh, it's coming to a cut about that time. Yeah, and I can blow my nose in peace. We didn't know if we were going to get this one in, but we, we we managed to get it in, even if it is a little later than usual. Yeah, and I think we still got it in at a good time. It was about two hours. I think it's perfect, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for checking us out, and we will see you next week. All right, everybody. Take, it Take easy. a shit. Take a shit. <laughs> Have you-